0: The power 40 podcast is an uplifting faith-based podcast that speaks to all that is going on in our world. Our goal is to share inspirational real life stories and experiences from notable guests around the country on matters that touch us all. The number 40 symbolizes a period of testing, trial or probation. We all experience trying times in our lives, but it's what comes from these times that make us who we are. As we depict periods of people's lives. Where the idea of the number 40 is played out, we will learn the goodness that comes from perseverance, determination, and belief. I'm your host, Danica Tramberg, joined today by founder of A Doll Like Me, Amy. Thanks so much for joining me.
1: Oh, thank you for having me.
0: So how, why was A Doll Like Me originated?
1: So I always joke that A Doll Like Me probably started when I was like six years old. Like in my mind, this is, if I could have had the perfect idea for a job, this would be it. Um, So I've always loved dolls and my mom taught me how to sew very early. And so it wasn't something actually that I really, I I, I mean, I'm joking aside. I, I, I didn't ever go into this thinking, Hey, you know what? I'm going to start a nonprofit of dolls. Um, and i think that you know it, it it actually speaks to kind of what the the vein of your program is and it's kind of um, taking a leap of faith i think that that's trusting that that, that you have a skill set and 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 i have this belief that we're obligated to use our skill set to make things better for someone else um and it's trusting that that's enough and then going forward and so a doll like me has become something that I never imagined. Um, It started with the simple concept that I believe kids should see themselves in the face of a doll. And it doesn't matter, you know, what your skin color is, what your medical difference is, whatever it is, you should be able to look into the face of a doll and see your own.
0: That's amazing. I love that. And so you're hand-making all of these? Is that right?
1: So actually I'm not going to ever turn around this camera because (laughs) I'm in a new location today and this is actually my work table. And so there are doll clothes behind this. There's, you know, pens, my sewing machines here. Um, It's like an explosion of, of craft supplies. And so, yeah, I, I literally sit at my dining room table and make each doll by hand.
0: That's incredible. So you're definitely using your gifts and skills for the good in this world. What is, you know, to you, like what is inclusivity and why, you know, how did you wrap this, you know, big idea into something so simple, utilizing your talents and make it what it is?
1: Okay, we have thirty minutes to answer that question. It's a loaded question. Um, So before before having kids and staying home with the kids, I I was actually a a pediatric oncology social worker, and so this was my oldest is seventeen, and so this was a while back, and it was kind of on the cusp of dolls that looked like kids, right? Um, It was kind of right around the time american girl was taking off and for kids to see their skin tone represented in a doll was remarkable um the kids that i worked with had the added piece of a medical condition and so a lot of them didn't have hair a lot of them had medical devices um and when you're doing so i i did social work and when when you are doing play therapy with a child in a hospital setting Dolls are really important for that therapy. Um, And it's so unrealistic to put, for example, a blonde long haired doll in the lap of, let's say an African-American boy and say, hey, pretend that this is you, this is the procedures they're gonna do. It's, it's, It's such a bad fit, right? And at that time I thought, gosh, we're not doing a very good job of representing the kids that love these toys. Um, but then it wasn't until several years later that I was just sewing dolls just for fun. And and my idea was to have racially inclusive dolls that were cloth. Um, and there was a mom who saw a doll and said her daughter had had her leg amputated and she was having a hard time adjusting and they couldn't find a doll that looked like Macy. And so she asked if I could do one. Um, and I mean, it's it's a funny thing to say, but it, it's the absolute truth that in social media kind of spread like wildfire about with this doll. And in two months, I had over 200 doll orders and it was only for dolls with limb differences. Um, and you think about where would you go to find something like that, right? So let's say I say, hey, let's pretend that we're going to walk into the store and um, take a child with us and we're going to shop. We basically see two types of dolls. So that was a real kind of one of those aha moments for me, um, that I had a skill set and I could offer something to these kids, you know, not with the intent of, I can do something to make this a little bit better for them. Right. Inclusivity is, yourself in the places that matter and for a lot of the kids that I make dolls for they don't see themselves in movies and advertisements and now granted that's changing but as you know a whole these these kids just don't see themselves and that speaks to it it sends them a message and it also sends us a message too of we don't
0: value you yeah I can see that so much do you? How do you think your initial kind of work in, in social work and all of that played a role in what you're doing now? Do you find there's a lot of, you apply a lot of that to your doll creation? Oh, and absolutely. I think that the, the thing that I miss the most about social work
1: is the human connection and being able to walk with someone. And I think that that's, um, That's one of the nice things about doing these dolls is that I can create a relationship with these families. I think that families are eager to have somebody on the other side that doesn't say, you know, um, this is a medical mystery. Wow, you know, what's going on? But more, I see the same beauty that you do.
0: When it comes to relationships with your doll making, have you had the opportunity to meet a lot of these Mm -hmm. youth?
1: Sorry, can we just edit that?
0: um, We're doing an interview, Matt.
1: (laughs) My husband just came home. That's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry about
0: that. That's okay. Um, What I was going to say was just, when it comes to um, relationships that we're talking about, have you had the opportunity to meet a lot of these youth that have received your dolls?
1: So, okay, I figure that I've made easily, I mean over 400 dolls and I have never actually seen a child in person get a doll before. Isn't that wild? Wow. Um, I don't know most of the kids that get the dolls and through social media, you know, we connect and we stay in touch so that I've been able to stay in touch with the families afterwards. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't know them typically personally. It's kind of a wild thing. Um, so i have i think i've met maybe i mean i can count on one hand how many kids i've met who actually have a
0: doll it's wild that is wild is this something that is just like local is it national is it international
1: so okay so very short so I, i told you that the first dolls that i did were just dolls with limb differences um and you know facebook is everywhere and it very quickly spread you know, out of the US um, and people in other countries were like, hey, is this something that we can do um, And so shortly after I did that, I remember a mom reaching out and she had adopted a little girl who was Chinese with albinism. So she had Chinese features, but white hair and blue eyes and very pale skin. And so she said, is that something that you could do? And it was then that I realized I mean, there's a shortage of dolls that represent kids globally, you know, anywhere you go. We're all seeing basically the same type of doll. Um, And so they've gone, I mean, to South Africa and Egypt and obviously Canada and England are are pretty common, um, Australia. So they go more places than I've actually been. (laughs) I love that. Well, that's really cool. And it's funny
0: because I would say at least
1: every like fourth doll goes out of the country.
0: That's incredible because you are, you know, right here and yet your impact spreads vastly beyond where where you can physically even reach, which is incredible.
1: Shortly after I started making the limb difference dolls, then um, I got requests for albinism Um, you know, birthmarks or burns, um, pretty much anything that you can imagine that you can't see in the aisles at at a a toy store. Um, And like I said, they come from all over the world because this tends to be kind of a global problem is difference is not represented. Um, and, And these are just, these are kids that don't see themselves in the places that matter. Toy, the toy world being probably the most important.
0: I was going to say, I guess like toys, I think that's a big part. Are there other areas you see that it's a problem or like how as someone who maybe can't sew dolls or, you know, doesn't have that ability or skill, how can someone make an impact in this area of inclusivity uh, in a different way?
1: So I think that that you know social media is incredibly powerful. And I think that when you know whether it's a manufacturer, whether it's a media company, whether it's advertising, when they hear your voice, that represents a lot of people. Um, and they, I mean, I think that as consumers we have a right to demand what we want. And so, you know, when a toy company, for example, does come out with a doll, you know, that maybe isn't mainstream or it's not something you've seen before. And in fact, this is funny because I just told, I have a six-year-old and I just said to her, to her you got to buy those dolls. You've got to buy the dolls that, um, you know, maybe don't have the same skin color as you because you have to tell the manufacturers that that's important to you. Um, I think that when, you know, we've been seeing more and more um, kids, for example, with a limb difference in advertising, you know, tell them that that's what you like, because that's how it's driven. It's, it's consumer driven. And I think the more we make that a part of our narrative, the less alarming, you know, differences will be, right? Yeah. It will be as yeah. matter of fact, as, you know, you have brown hair and he's in a wheelchair, um, I think that, that we make the mistake a lot of times in assuming that the story needs to be about inclusivity, you know, that, that if, if it's a child, for example, with, um, a limb difference, the story is typically about that child with a limb difference. It's not, wow, well, that kid is part of the story and guess what for, you know, he happens to have a limb difference. It, it is the story when it maybe shouldn't be, um, but I think that consumers have so much power in demanding what they want, and I think that you've got to reward, and that doesn't, you know, that doesn't just refer to toys. I mean, reward the companies that you see doing something that fulfills a social mission that's important to you. I love that. It's, and, it's so and, and on kind of what you said, what what can we do? Yeah, I think yeah. one of the takeaways that's been really, I think impactful for me is we can all do something small, right? And and you have a million reasons to not, you know, we all want to do something, right? We all want to do make a difference Mm -hmm. in whatever it is. And there's a million reasons not to, right? I'm too broke, I'm too busy, Mm -hmm. I'm too old, I'm too young, whatever it is. But we all have the capability to do something. And we all bring, you know, our gifts or our skill set, to the table, and we all offer something, and it doesn't have to be. I mean, look at the, this is a very small thing that happens to become big. We all can do something, you know. If you affect one person, perfect, great, you know. And I think that that's what we should be doing, um, and that fits with the vein of kind of your, you know, your telling stories is. What can we do where we're at now, right? One of the things in 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 preparing kind of to talk to you, I looked up the number 40. I mean, that's a very significant, right? You use that for a reason. And I think that we need to decide I'm going to do something and that, it, you know, 40 days is roughly a month. That's when you create a new habit. What are you gonna do so that it becomes a part of your daily life? And I think that that's, you know, a doll like me is, it it speaks to what happens when you take a leap of faith. And I remember when this kind of first kicked off, um, I remember I said to my mom, this is a little bit scary in terms of what's happening to this very quickly but I'm going to have the faith that it's going to go the way it's supposed to. And I think once you make that decision, I'm going to just let this happen. Amazing things will happen, you know, Um, and and trusting that you're enough. Right. Um, And I think that that's so important. And I, and I think we underestimate the power of one.
0: Yeah. I think that's so true. And like you're saying how you are enough and you can figure it out. And I think things come to you in the right time, in the right season. And sometimes you, if only you could watch your life in reverse and be like, oh, this is why, you know, these things had to happen for something greater to come from this. And I think that's so much of your story. And, um, it's also so true. I think how you, um, just mentioned like, things that we can do and how we all are using our gifts and talents and you have a really unique partnership too with a a company who helps promote the inclusive message um, and narrative that you share can you share more about let partnership i believe the company is like illumino is that it illumino yeah
1: so um when it's it's a funny So I actually didn't have a website for the longest time. It was kind of one of those things that I kept things with a doll like me happen like, Oh, I have to do this. You know, I have to get a trademark. I have to get and and it. Cause it happens very quickly. And, um, Illumino is a company that decided inclusivity needs to take place in the virtual world. You know, that that's because social media and, um, you know, computers, everybody has, or most, you know, people have access to one, right? And, um, but there's a number of people who, let's say that you um, are blind, but you still want to access what's on social media. <laughs> um, Illumino makes that happen. And so they offered to help me design a website that would be inclusive and it's one of those things that I think that that companies and particularly nonprofits, you know, you say you want to be inclusive, you want to represent everyone. What does that actually look like? And for me, it was, for the website, it was making it user-friendly for whoever's going to use it because those are the same people that I serve, right? It would be hypocritical to not make it accessible for the kids that, you know, that I'm helping. Um, and so Illumino does that. Um, and I love that, you know, that they, they have a great, um, it's hard to even explain it. We kind of have a synergy in what we do. We do it in very different worlds, but they've helped me make things accessible. I mean, that's, that's a big deal. And I think that um, several of the companies that I have worked with Aren't accessible to everyone. And that's probably one of the biggest places for adults where we need to start. And so, um, and then as a flip, you know, as as an added bonus, they donate to a doll like me for every client that they pick up, which is really cool because then they help me fund dolls. So it's a really neat partnership that I have with them. I mean, I, I can't say enough good things. And I think that it's companies like that, that push this to the next step, right? A lot of companies say, oh, we want to be inclusive. We're trying to be inclusive. All right, this is what you're going to start with. And, and that's exactly what they do.
0: That's really cool to see that. And I think what you were saying about kind of words versus actions, right? Like you can say, right, hey, I do this uh, so in so many ways, but until you actually are doing things that show that align with what you're saying, it's just kind of like empty, empty words. So it's totally.
1: And in fact, if you look up like the, you know, the the hashtags inclusivity and inclusion and inclusion matters, all of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've got you know millions of of hits, right? Yeah. What does that actually look like? I think it's right. taking it to the next step of we want to do it. What does it look like? And so, again, going back to we each can offer something. I happen to offer. You know, sewing—that's my skill set. Mm-hmm. Uh, Illumino—I mean, kudos to them for deciding we're going to make the virtual world accessible to everybody that uses it. Um, so, yeah, that's that's a really big step because inclusion looks different. I mean, yeah, you know, and, and deciding more than just like you said, yeah, we want to be inclusive.
0: Mm-hmm. Now what? Kind right. Of thing. And I
1: think that that's where we're at now. You know, I think the tide's turning. So, what are we going to do?
0: I agree. Well, that's definitely a, something that everyone, whether they're a large company organization or just an individual, can think about how they can make a small impact to create better inclusivity and just, you know, more welcoming arms to so many different people and demographics. And you're just one step in the dire- right direction. So, Thanks for being an example to everybody. Oh, it's and- <laughs> amazing. Like if you told me I'd grow up and I get to still play with dolls, it would yeah. be like a dream. <laughs>
1: uh, but dolls. you're right. We all we all offer something.
0: As we close out today and reflect on the power of 40 in our lives, maybe trials we're going through or overcome. I think we understand that we'll continue to experience the good and bad that life throws our way. 40 also seems to be significant in regards to time. Like Jesus spending 40 days fasting in the wilderness and the 40 flood the flood lasting 40 days and 40 nights. So if you had just 40 minutes, Amy, to impact the world, where would you start and what would you say?
1: Oh my good question. Um I think that in my my own corner of the world, this is this is what, you know, this is what I'm doing. I think. I think I happen to be reaching, um, you know, the littlest members of our global community. Mm -hmm. And I think if we want to follow through with, you know, giving kids the tools to cope and we wanna teach them that, that, you know, self-esteem is really important. um, We have to be inclusive. We have to teach them that we all have a place and we're all invited to the table. Um, I think that if I had 40 minutes, boy, you know what I would probably do is I think that you need to sit and look at the pictures of these kids because I say that the dolls show what inclusivity looks like. You know, a child getting one. That's what inclusion looks like. And I think that we could spend 40 minutes looking at all of these pictures of kids feeling included, you know, feeling like, um, feeling beautiful, right? I think that when parents reach out to me, what they want is for somebody on the other end to see the same beauty that they do. And um, you'd asked me earlier about using social work skills. I think that that fulfills that part of social work that I really liked is connecting with people and being able to offer them something that maybe will make life a little bit easier or maybe make life a little bit better. Um, So I think that in 40 minutes, I think that looking at these kids could really impact a lot of people.
0: For more information on the Power 40 podcast, visit powerofhumans.com. Also stream the podcast on your preferred streaming service.